All right, in an instant, an auto accident can put you in the worst financial position of your life. It's an absolute must. You got to hire the right lawyer. You're going to make sure that your insurance companies pay you what you are owed. Injury attorney David Feminini on his team, they are exactly who you need to call. They have been making insurance companies pay for over 30 years. They're going to help you with your case as well. David is ready to speak to you personally right now, 855-65-CRASH. That's 855-65-CRASH, or you simply go to the website, getdavidgetpaid.com. I'm TJ Lane. I'm a guard. It's Tuesday with TJ, featuring Detroit offensive guard TJ Lane. This is home for us, so let's start competing for championships. You know, that's all I've known, and it's really it's really going to be special to be a part of it. Brought to you by Bill Brown Ford in Livonia, serving Metro Detroit for over 75 years on 97.1 The Ticket. All right, it is Tuesday. It is 5 o'clock. The man has entered the room. He has uh, sauntered in. TJ, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Mike? Oh, just delighted. Uh, I This was a rarity for me. I was actually pulling for you guys. I picked you to win. You know this. Said that to you. I feel you guys got screwed over in a vicious manner. Um, your head coach just is a robot. And, you know, oh, those are the rules. Bip, bop, boop. Now, listen. You were the first guy in the end zone when that touchdown happened. Mm-hmm. You take me. I mean, look. Take me through it. Explain to me how it doesn't just unnerve you beyond all belief. Uh, yeah, obviously, I think it did after the right after the game. I mean, that was uh, quite a uh, sway of emotions there. Uh, going from celebrating to game's over. Um, yeah, definitely disappointed with that. Uh, you know, looking at it, honestly, um, when they went to review it, looked up at the big screen, saw the replay, thought for a second that, he might have been a little bit short, so I think a lot of us started getting ready to get lined up on the one yard line uh, because I had I had no idea about the runoff rule. I thought they would have just played you know placed the ball, said hey the clock's going to wind on this official signal and we'll get one more snap off. But um, yeah, that was just uh, never been a part of an ending like that. Never really seen an ending like that. Um, I think man, it, it was disappointing. I think the more and more I saw the replay yesterday, I, I kind of started to convince myself that it, it, it should have been a touchdown, and I didn't know if there was enough evidence to overcome okay, that's it. What I, but that's what I'm saying is, Teach, mm-hmm. listen, if they call it a TD on the field, mm-hmm. you got to have, it's got to be a no-brainer, just conclusive beyond a doubt. There's not a replay I saw where I see possession, knee, touching, short of goal. There's nothing. I can't, I just couldn't believe, and they wouldn't do it to a different franchise. They wouldn't. I, I mean, I would tend to agree with you. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, man, I, I, it was weird yesterday because when I saw the replay on the big screen, I, they showed it two or three times, and I was pretty convinced that we were going to have to run another play. But the more I watched it yesterday in the slow-mo, I, I didn't know if my mind was just playing tricks on me. Obviously, I'm pretty biased when it comes to that situation. I thought it should have been a touchdown. But you know what? It, it is what it is, and we can't sit here two days after the fact and complain about it. I mean, we've got I another can. big game coming up this weekend, so we got to move past it. I think we have, uh, you know, after the meetings yesterday, going through the film and obviously making a lot of the corrections. We've moved on. We can't sit here and harp about it. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. If you got questions for TJ. Now, TJ, we talked about this yesterday. I know this is like the most fan thing I'm ever going to say and all that. I, I you, you make fun of me. You bust my balls. I don't care. But it's Caldwell after the game. Now, mm-hmm. I know. I know he's not going to move mountains. But please tell. I mean, you don't. I, just did he do something different behind closed doors? Tell me he doesn't come in the locker room and do the robot routine. Oh, those are the rules. We're moving on. You know. Boop, boop, boop. Well, I think we, we kind of hit on it a few weeks ago when people asked, uh, 
you know, if the team kind of takes on the, the characteristics of the head coach, and, and my answer was absolutely. And, and after the game, I mean, there's not much you can do to come in there when guys are already upset, guys are disappointed with how the ending went. There's nothing you're going to say that's either positive or negative, angry, happy, mad, whatever, that's going to change the emotion in the locker room. Guys realize we lost the game. Um, and I think Coach Caldwell's consistency in, in, in how he just – goes about everything and, and addresses the team, addresses the media, I think it keeps the group consistent because if we're sitting here two days after the game and, and, and coach is still talking about the ending and uh, did we get screwed, did we not get screwed, then we're focusing our attention, all of our attentions on, on last week's game and, and, and you're, you're sucking the energy, energy out of, of the focus we need to put into this, this week's game because it's a short week, man. I know we're back on a regular schedule, but you, every, energy, every, every ounce of energy you waste on thinking how the game should have been called last Sunday against Atlanta, is that those are valuable seconds that you're taking away from prep, uh, preparing for Minnesota. And, and, and coach isn't going to allow it. The, team, the team's not going to allow it. We're not going to allow it in the locker room. We're, it is what it is. We're 2-1. and one. Obviously, we feel like we have a pretty good football team, and we're just ready to get back on the field and, and, and kind of get back uh, in, into that positive, positive uh, momentum. I think you're better than pretty good. And, I mean, I, I talked about it this week. I, I go, look, how many teams right now could I say without question, are clearly better than the Lions in the NFC. I said, I can't name any. I mean, is it, what, are you going to tell me Atlanta's clearly better? You should have just beat them. Are you going to tell me Dallas is clearly better? I mean, you know, you go up, I'm just saying you go up and down the list. I, I think you guys are, have, have earned a better fate than that. And that's like, like to me, like, and I know it sounds like a fan, but teach, if that's the Pats or the Steelers, or the, well, not the Giants, we blow. But the point is, if it's, a, if it's a better franchise, I just feel like there's the league knows there's no price to pay if you screw over the Lions. And, and there have been other times I'm on the other side of it, right, where, where fans call and they go, that cost us the game. And I go, no, mm-hmm. it didn't. You could have done A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. This literally cost the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's an interesting take, I guess. <laughs> um, no, but I, you played in Green Bay. Yeah. Did you feel like you got the short end of the stick of a lot of calls? Um, not often, though. No, and you never got flagged in Green Bay. But what's happening now? Mm-hmm. Now you're getting penalized. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, what? Did you come here and start to suck? No. Why are you being flagged now, but you were never flagged in Green Bay? Why did Anquan Bolden never get penalties? Then he comes here, all of a sudden, it's flag football. Yeah, I, I wish I had an answer Come for on. <laughs> come on. Sully. Sully. True or false? Did we not discuss this yesterday? You had we the did. stats on this. You, I mean, don't you feel you're treated differently? I, I, I don't think that we feel like everything's against us. I just feel like we're probably not going to get the benefit of a lot of close calls. And I think there's a difference there. So I'm not going to sit here and say that everybody's against us, the refs are against us. Because you look at the game, you look at the penalties that were called. I mean, it was pretty fair. It was pretty even. Um, but I, I just, you know, I don't think we really feel like if it's close calls, you know, like like a few of those teams you mentioned, we're probably not uh, going to get some of those. But you know, it is what it is, man. We can't control the officiating. We can only control how we play it and, and, and how we perform. And you know, during the course of the game, and I think there were, uh, you know, you could point to to many different plays in that game that it kind of swayed it away from us. I mean, our defense did a great job taking the ball over, and offensively, we go out. You know, go three and out or uh, give them the ball right back or have to settle for a field goal multiple times in the red zone. I think you could point at a, a number of different things that happened in that game besides the last play that we, we, we wish we could have done a little bit better and not put, the, put ourselves in the situation uh, to where the referees have to make a call to end the game. 
TG, I have a stat for you I want you to respond to. Oh, geez. We're okay. big, we're big, okay. big into stats on this show, as you yeah. know. How about this? Um, no, Dennis, not that. This. You had four <laughs> penalties all last year in Green Bay. You already have four this year in Detroit. And to prove that it's not just you, Anquan Bolden had eight last year in Detroit in 2016. He only had one in San Francisco in 2015. That's a trend. That's a pattern See? there of Lions being penalized more. It's the same person, different team, with two different examples of different guys. Put that on Caldwell's desk and then light a laundry cart on fire. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think, you know, the thing yesterday, I was pretty disappointed with that penalty they called because it stalled out the drive there in the, uh, you know, our first drive in the first quarter. Um, but, you know, I think at the same time, I, I think it was a little bit ticky-tacky call. I, I also was kind of upset at myself realizing that, um Put in that situation where, you know, the ball, it's there wasn't a whistle, I'm, I'll, I'll say that, but put in a situation, those refs are really kind of dialed down the last few years on on guys hitting guys around the pile because then it usually starts a fight and then they usually get the aggressor in that situation. So I've been in that situation before, and um, I've just got to be smarter. I know that, but, um, you know, I, I guess I just have to play with a little bit <laughs> better technique. I mean, the, I, we talked about the one in, in New York last week, which... Um, uh, Blake, you know, that, that shot, that was just disgusting. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's just some things that, hey, man, you're not going to, you know, you can't sit here and, and whine and cry about every call. At one point, you got to, you know, realize that you got to change something you're doing because obviously the the refs are going to keep calling it consistent, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. I want to ask you your opinion. You had mentioned moments in the game, and I, I know I, I felt once you guys had kind of clawed back from 17 3 and you, you know, you showed you were going to be in the game, the moment where I go, okay, this is, uh oh, now I don't think they're going to get out of this was after the interception, fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. You get the ball close to midfield, you go three and out. Yeah. Now, to me, if, if I'm a player, I'm looking at that as maybe the moment where to not get a first down, further flip the field, to not get points out of that, I want, uh-oh, that might be the one. Is, is that fair? Um, I think we definitely felt like we let, the, uh, let a big opportunity slip through our hands there because we were... Uh, we had an opportunity to go down, score a touchdown, take the lead, kind of really put the pressure on them, get in our style of football where, uh, you know, we weren't running the ball effectively, but I think we've shown throughout the first two weeks that we get, you know, we get a lead in the fourth quarter, we run the ball, I think we can really wear teams out. That was a situation that I, I think we realized that um, we, we need to take advantage of those a whole lot better than just going three and out when we get a huge turnover, when the defense is playing great, and we just can't go out there and lay an egg. So that's something that uh, obviously we... We want to be better at moving forward. What is your take now that you've been here a few weeks and, and now you've you've fully seen the late-game Stafford voodoo curse where he's able to just always seemingly get down the field? I said yesterday, if there was a draft, QBs, under two minutes, no timeouts, and i got to get down the field, it'd go Brady, Rodgers, Stafford. I mean, this dude has got to be one of the three best in the league at this. I don't know if there's a stat for that, Sully. I just, late game. I mean, Tage... Is there something to this, like certain guys can just do it late and others can't? Because this kid just, he turns into a, a monster. Yeah, I think, well, yeah, all of us feel like if we're within striking distance of tying the game or, or taking the lead that, you know, we obviously like our chances with who we've got behind us uh, throwing the ball. I mean, he's showing time after time that it's no fluke. You know, I know last year I think we won – eight games or something like that coming from behind. I mean, yeah. it's not a fluke because we did it again in, in Arizona. We were down in the fourth quarter. We came back down strong fourth quarter, got the lead. And, and even this past game, I mean, we're down 
really the whole game, not not really doing much on offense, but you know our defense and special teams kept us in a position to where we can go strike and go take the lead and win the game, and and we moved the ball effectively, and we were, you know, what I guess what's being called uh, just a few inches short. Uh, and, you, won, uh, you won the game. I, I'm, um, I'm I'm not living in a universe where you guys lost that game. Yeah, no, I agree with you though. I, I you know I, I played with a couple good quarterbacks, and Matthew's one who um, definitely has shown consistency in that. Something about him. In that, in that, you know, time of the game to go down there and, and make something happen. So it's definitely a definitely a positive. All right, Sully tells me you went on a social media rampage about one of the hot-button issues this weekend, so we'll get your thoughts on this next. Sully, I say rampage. Is, Sully used rampage. the word rampage. Is that true? <laughs> uh, tirade, yeah. Tirade. Absolute rant. <laughs> All right, we'll get your calls and also TJ's opinion on a lot of what went down in the league this weekend, including the Alejandro Villanueva situation as well. All right, 971. Before we get to the listeners, TJ Lang in studio with us, 248-539-9797. Sully, uh, before TJ changes what he said, do you want to take me through what he said uh, on your social media platform regarding the controversial issues of the weekend? I don't want him to change it or temper it in any way. I know what I said. I don't have to have it read back to me. You want, okay. me, to read, you want me to read back your quote right now? I have it up here. Go ahead. So what happened was ABC News had posted Steelers player Alejandro Villanueva says he, quote-unquote, made a mistake standing for the national anthem without his team. And TJ Lang, at TJ Lang 70, quote, tweeted it hmm. and said, "You TJ, I want to tell you what you said here. You said, what, with five question marks, this man is a vet and a player put his life on the line for this country, questioning his stance is absurd. Mm-hmm. Elaborate. Um, to me, the whole, I mean, when I, I saw the pictures after the game. Obviously, that's a man who's in a very unique position in this league that, you know, I think he served, was it three, three, tours, three in Afghanistan. tours in Afghanistan? Um, you know, this guy's put his life on the line for this, the people of this country. And, um, you know, obviously he has a, a unique stance in the in the locker rooms that I don't think anybody else in the NFL has and um you know I, I think Sunday was a was a different day around the league with with uh, the president's comments and everything and everybody wanted to show uh, a sign of unity which I definitely respected um but to me the whole apology just kind of looked forced I mean I don't think you know I've been in the NFL a long time I think <clears throat> You know they're not they're they're not just going to let any player go up to the podium and you know if I say hey you know guys I got I want to talk to you know for fifteen minutes up at the podium well <laughs> to me it kind of looked forced and I think that's what made it uncomfortable for me and a lot of other people because I don't think anybody felt he did anything wrong and I think if it was his teammates you know if I was in that locker room and, and guy said you know this is what we're going to do as a team and and somebody came to me like <laughs> Villanueva who. Uh, you know, has has served his time in the military and 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 done his job. Um, you know, fighting for this country. I think I would have a. I think that would kind of trump my own beliefs about you know what I feel. I think if that man wanted to go out and 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 represent his country and and, and look at the flag and and salute his his fellow soldiers. I mean, who who am I to tell him he can't do it? I think there's you have as a player. You know, I have no problem if you're going to take a knee. I have no problem if you're going to stand. Um, I think there's 365 days a year you can go out and protest and do whatever you want. And I think there's, you know, for guys like Villanueva, only 16 times a year where you can go stand in front of the flag and and, and, and salute something that obviously is very, very important to him. And I think the fact that he, he felt like he had to apologize for it was uh, was bogus. And it really it really kind of made me uncomfortable. So I, And I think, uh, you know, reading a lot of the replies there, I think a lot of people kind of felt the same. So, um, you know, that that's just kind of where I felt last night. I, I got a little bit heated about it and, 
um, it, it just got a little bit ridiculous in my eyes, so I, I wanted to make a comment. So w- what were the conversations you guys had here? I mean, I know some of the teams were very public. You know, we talked for three days about what <laughs> we were going to do. And it, I mean, what, what happened here? Anything? Nothing? Yeah, I mean, there was just, you know, right before the game, I think we talked about going out there and locking arms and just, you know, showing a sign of unity, and everybody was on board. I mean, we, you know, everybody kind of lined up on the sideline. I think uh, Mrs. Ford came down and joined in, and um, it, it is it is what it is. I mean, I'm a guy who, you know, I, I, I'll always stand for the national anthem. I, I've become uh, very educated on, on why it, it, you know, started playing at sporting events to honor, uh, you know, veterans and soldiers that were in the crowd back after World War One, World War Two, honoring them in the crowd. Uh, that's that's where it really became, uh, you know, started at sporting events. And, it, and for me, it, it means a lot to salute those people who have who have served our country at that level. So, um, but yeah, that's all we talked about. And I think we did it in a, an appropriate way. And everybody was on board. And, you know, that's kind of the for me, it's, you know, talking about all the politics aside, it's the last kind of. You know, when you take your headphones off, you go out to the stadium, you hear all the noise. When that national anthem's done, I mean, it's it's go time. It's kickoff time. And that's kind of the last uh, little, you know, pop of juice and adrenaline that you need to get ready for the game. So that's something that, you know, means a lot to me as well. So two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Let's get some of the people in the mix. Ray, you'll lead it off. You're on with TJ Lang. Go ahead, Ray. Hello, TJ. Hello, How's it Mike. going? What's up, bud? Um, not too much. Welcome to the Detroit Lions now that uh, you've kind of gotten the welcoming committee. Uh, now, as far as mentally goes, how do you get your mind off of this game and focus securely on Minnesota to where this doesn't affect you or the team? Because if you're not careful, it's just going to you know take your focus off of Minnesota, and then you could you know get behind early and then not be able to recover, and it could res- result in a loss. Jeez. And then, uh, and then uh, secondly, could you, pour, and then, uh, secondly, could you force Mike to uh, sing four down the field like he promised? Absolutely not. <laughs> never promised such a thing. Mm, it was a gentleman's bet. I that's, was disappointed. That's, that was never made. You never you never gave me odds on what you had to do. Win a playoff game. You were I'll picking against us. I didn't have any I'll tell you odds. what. Win you the NFC we North. Lose. Win a playoff game. I'll sing the stupid song. Okay. But I still want you to get that guy out of there. What guy? Theo. Oh. That ridiculous hard hat routine. Get him out. I want uh, Hatchet Man doing it. Anyways, back to the question. I think, uh, you know, kind of addressed it a little bit earlier. Um, you know, came in yesterday, went over the went over the film, went over a lot of the corrections, got out to practice for a little bit, and, and you know, got, got on to Minnesota. I think, like I said, we can't sit here two days after uh, after a loss and be harping on it and be thinking about what we could have done differently and, and what call could have gone our way, what call, you know, we didn't agree with. And it doesn't matter. We're 2-1. We've, we've got a hell of a football team. And, uh, you know, yesterday we, we've kind of flushed it from our system. We're ready to move on. And I think uh, there, there definitely will not be um, a- any leftover kind of lingering side effects from this past Sunday. We're ready to go and, and go into Minnesota and play another tough game. Ticket text coming in. TJ, why does your coach wear two watches to every game? You asked me that before. I have no I idea. I didn't ask anything. I'm telling you. Well, you're supposed to ask him and report back to us. Well, maybe one's an Apple Watch. Maybe, you know, we're getting signals. From <laughs> I don't know. TJ, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, is this officiating loss worse than the fail Mary when you were in Green Bay? That's from Carl. Um, I don't think anything can be worse than that one. I mean, that was pretty... Pretty obvious to me, and like I said, you know, on the field Sunday, looking up at the screen, I, I kind of had a feeling they were going to overturn it. But um, the more you yeah, watch, yeah. TJ, do you ever want to hit Ebron over the head with a brick when he drops passes? <laughs> I love Eric. 
You know, I, I, I really, I mean, he's a great. He's a great guy in the locker room and. Um, Catch the ball! Hey, I'm sure those guys want to hit me over the head every time I, I you know, mess up or have a penalty or, or lose on a block, too. So. All right, here's what I'm going to tell you, and this is the best part. Don't say anything. Keep yourself out of trouble. Okay. But for the people that are out there, TJ, TJ won't admit this. He can't. Stafford on television, when Ebron dropped that first pass, he wanted to burn a hole through his chest. The look on Stafford. Oh, David, you, you saw what I saw. Stafford wanted to kill him. I'm going to get a still photo for you. I take a picture. I've been in that position before. Oh, you have not. You're an all pro. That guy's barely hanging on. No, I've been. In, I've I've gotten some some uh, holes stared through my chest too. By Stafford? No, not by him, but just by oh, teammates. Aaron, got it. All right, two four eight five <laughs> <laughs> teammates, man. <laughs> Listen, there's always going to be every single game. Every nobody plays a perfect game. Every single player is going to tell you after a game they wish they probably had three, four, five plays back, but know, that's just but not the on. way it is, man. We gotta get, you got to continue to work and get better. Let's Quickly. expand on that Aaron Rodgers point and what you were just talking I about. I didn't oh, even say his name. Good Lord. Listen, people, you got to <laughs> learn this. If there's one thing this guy don't want to talk about, it's his former quarterback. Stay away from him. <laughs> I've just addressed it so many times. I mean, what do you want me to say? Nothing. I, I don't ask the questions. It, I'm Look, I am just a messenger for the fans. I'm reading the ticket. But you text. know what irritates me, and you continually sorry. Can I continuously read these? Everyone, just relax. R e l a x. Just relax. Good lord. Oh man. Ticket text from Roberto. Hey TJ, what was it like playing with Aaron Rodgers? Just sorry, sorry, sorry. Exactly. Do you take pleasure in knowing Aaron won't last the season with that? Bougie offensive line. I have no idea. I don't care. Have you know, talked to Aaron Rodgers? Has he had any comments about the final call of the game on Sunday? Nope. Haven't, haven't talked to him yet. Perfect. All right. We'll get more of the people coming up next, and Sully will probably end up getting his skull caved in with another Aaron Rodgers question. TJ Lang with us in Studio 971. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 